everyone. I'm Bailey. I'm Drew. And I'm Lacey. And, and we're, we're sarcastic, sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Apparently, I slept like three hours today. So I feel like I slept more, but I don't know. For practical tired. I was gonna say constant state of exhaustion. Yeah. yeah. It's my anniversary today. Happy anniversary. The shadow on your glasses is silly. You look like a unibrow. No, it looks like you know how like. You used to draw like seagulls when you were drawing at a beach, and you just do that like two hump thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you look like. You have a seagull on your Thank forehead. That's what I was going for. Alrighty, okay. So what are we doing today? Um, we're gonna be talking about um a mystery. Oh, because we've had a lot of sad, like pretty, like we know who did it most of the part episodes. Um, this is, I mean. It's the case is technically closed, but it's still just it's got a lot of weird parts to it. Love weird. Um and possibly a love triangle. Ooh. I know. Silent. Um okay. So this we're gonna start May twelfth. Hey. Almost your birthday. Nineteen forty seven. Like the backwards. My dad was born that year. Oh. On May twelfth. That's the second no, time that you've been said that. Uh, Are you aware of that? No. Well, you said we have that another before? one? Yeah, you said that before in another episode. You said that's the year my dad uh, was born. Cool. She um, knows her dad? She can't find him. I know the year he was born. She's so obsessed with him. Uh, no. Anyway, right? May 12th, 1947, 22-year-old Christina Macon. Is that how we said it? Sure. Sure. Um, Christina Macon eloped with 26-year-old John Ray, or Jack. How old was she? She was 22. Okay. And he was 26. They eloped. Um, she married John Ray, air quotes, Jack is what he went by, Kettlewell. Um, Kettlewell. Strong last name. Um, I think it's more interesting than, I don't know. Than some <laughs> others. I think my last name is best. Yeah. I'm impartial. Um, they you're not have... impartial. You're biased. No, I'm impartial. I'm, we're better. You're... She's, she's trying to say that she is unbiased about it, but you're still bitter. I don't know if that's what you meant. I, I just, I don't think it is. I don't think that's true, though. Okay. Anyway, um, so Christina and Jack had known each other and been together for about three years. So, okay, they they've known each other for a while. Um, after they married, like most married couples, they took their honeymoon. Um, and only eight days later, Jack would become a widower. Oh yeah, the eight day bride. Oh, I okay. I thought this was gonna go in a. I heard eight day bride and was thinking Black Widow type scenario where she was no after a week she murdered the husband and then moved on to the next man type thing. Um, Glad I surprised you. Yeah, I was like thinking something completely different. I thought you misspoke when you said Jack was widowed. And I was like, you mean... Yes, Dean. No. But, okay. And that's the end of the episode. You're welcome. Wow. 
So no, it's it really is. So we should stamp for like forty more minutes because this has been five minutes. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I I could have dragged it out. I should have. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Wait, um, you want to watch House Saunders or what we do? Should we get next? drunk? Probably. I mean, we got nothing else to do. Put away a lot of time for this episode. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> Before people turn us off. Um, Too late. Well, that was a terrible episode. <laughs> Not terrible. <laughs> um, Christina C- uh, Cecilia Racone was born in 1925 in Toronto, Canada. We're in Canada for this one, guys. Have we been to Canada before? I don't think so. Uh, my Lost Boys of Ontario. Uh, well, we're going to be in... Um, no, we're going to be in Ontario for this one, too. Oh, neat. Never mind. There's not a lot going on in a lot of Canada. That's because most of it is wilderness. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, like, I'm sure I'm there's a lot going on. There's, like, just, yeah. a bit by, like, New York. Yeah. That's and then everything else is kind of just, like, was wilderness is a better word. For yeah. So I, I'm not surprised that we are taking place in place. another spot in Ontario because um what's going on? It's Canada. There's something up there. Yeah. You know what I like? Poutine. Oh, I love poutine. I you know what? They call it disco fries in like a diner down here, and I'm like, the fuck is disco I know, fries? I know. It's poutine. Yeah. Um we so Side note, sorry for our listeners. Yeah, but so for uh my hospital, um, I work in a vet hospital, I guess. So like every once in a while, like we'll just like ask each other like random questions. We call it like a huddle. Oh. Um and huddles at the hospital, but it's not like that. Yeah. I mean sometimes <laughs> sometimes they're like important, like, okay, like what needs to be done, like where is everyone at? Like check-ins okay. like that, mid chaos. But other times we do it just to like be fun and get to know each other. Um, and one of the questions we came up with was, uh, if you were a potato, what potato would you be? Potato? French fry? Well, cheese waffle fries. Interesting. Interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, I would choose maybe a baked sweet potato. Oh. Does this count as potatoes? It's a potato. That's potato in the name. But aren't they yams? You're a yam. Thanks. It's like a french fry is a french fry, but it's also a potato. This is the potato that we would be if we could be a potato? Yeah. I don't want to be a potato anybody wants to eat. You guys are picking, like, delicious potatoes. So what would you be? I don't know, but it'd be real boring. Well, I'm going to be the potato that survives. It's going to be the potato potato that survives. (laughs) What kind of potato would you be if you could be a potato? The one that survives. I'm just a straight fucking... Potato. She's raw. Dirt. She watched Sausage Party too much. She's like the, terrified. As I saw a thing there that was like people thought it was for kids. That's they were really other upset. Kids. Yeah. It's like when people took their kids to see Deadpool. Yeah. Well, so he All says right. it's a family movie. Anyway, we're gonna refocus. So Christina Cecilia Macone was born 1925 in Toronto, Canada. Christina's parents were both Polish immigrants and devout Roman Catholics, which I, I, I think that means they're really strict. Mm-hmm. I think Roman Catholic is the most most Catholic, because because like on the Catholic spectrum, 
Just Roman is way on one end for sure. Well, I think it's Roman Catholic, regular Catholic, and then what's like Christian or something, and then like Protestant, and then like Lutherism. Yeah, sure. Judaism somewhere. I think well, they're on a different timeline. <laughs> yeah, parallel. Yeah, but there's no cross. And they, well, I think Judaism has their Especially own. Time. There's no crossover. Can or or just say because I do the common superstitions episodes, <laughs> the amount of things that come back to religion and it's like explaining like religion. this symbol. I'm like. Oh, that's interesting. Never heard of that. <laughs> this is also going to be really fun to talk about with us. Yeah. Because we have barely any, very little education. Yeah. That's okay. We'll figure out. I feel like most podcasts, people are talking about things they don't know. Anything I mean, ever. I research heavily. Anyway. I don't. So, I just go in guns blazing. Hoping I know. Them. Um, <laughs> I say that so far. Ever I want. In 1947, refocusing again, mm-hmm. um, Christina was 22 years old, living in Ontario. She worked at a bank and was described described as a good employee. May 12th, 1947, she had disappeared for a week to marry her longtime boyfriend, Jack. Um, Jack was born in 1921 in Ontario. He was a World War II veteran, um, and they loped because her family had concerns about the relationship. Mm-hmm. The concerns were religious. He wasn't Roman Catholic, anyway. even though he converted. But so he was on the spectrum, but like, great. yeah. They also were concerned with the constant presence of Jack's best friend, Ronald Barry, who was twenty-eight years old. Constant presence concerns me. Yeah, he. It was very much like they all, all three of them, hung out constantly. Um, and it's like you, Pat, and Becca. We don't hang out constantly anymore. Oh. You know. So was was Ronald, like, third wheel in it? Pretty much. Um, And it gets a little weirder as we go. Okay. So some background on uh, Ronnie Boy. Um, My gut says we shouldn't like him. Ronnie uh, was a 28-year-old Italian immigrant and a professional ballroom dancer. He had tried making it an insurance and construction business, uh, in the construction business, with little to no success. he was the couple's witness for their elopement. And then, um, because it's really sweet having friends so close to you, he decided to go on the honeymoon with them. Oh, sure. That wouldn't. Right? Talk with my between um, me and my you, at all. Yeah. Was she cool with it? Yeah. Was she? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe this was like. Polyamorous, like a thruple, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But uh, like you couldn't just say um, that in like the 1940s, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we don't really ever get to know, unfortunately. Um, but side note, Christina's sister Helen, um, she later came out and said that the family thought that Ronnie was in love with Christina, and that's why he was like so attached to the couple, but who knows. Um, everyone's all dead now, so. Oh. So we'll never know. Yeah. Um, so Jack and Christina spent the first few days of their honeymoon at an apartment in Toronto with Ronald, of course, um, before traveling to Severin Falls, Ontario, which I actually didn't have a chance to, like, look up. See if it's pretty. What is it? Uh, Severin Falls. That's E-V-E-R-N. Falls, Ontario. I I would be willing to bet that it's pretty because I mean it's Ontario. It's balls. Oh. 
pretty. Um, okay. Nice. What? It's water. Yeah. yeah. I'm I think fall is a strong word. There's like, well, water. once you have Niagara Falls, it's really hard to come up. There's four falls. Okay, okay. So this is just a little. Okay, the near is. Okay, we're fine. Okay. All right, we're good. <laughs> we were so close to not being fine with them <laughs> calling it falls. <laughs> that she was already drafting. They were going to get a letter. letter. Uh, and they yelled for you. How dare you? With Do you know falls. about falls beans? Anyway, so for the first few days, they spent a time in an apartment in Toronto, and then they traveled to Severn Falls in Ontario. Um, in Severn Falls, Ronald had a remote cottage. That was his. I uh the lake and like or I guess they're rivers I think, um by the rivers, so that's where they spent the rest of their honeymoon. Um, it was May seventeenth when they traveled there, um, and this cottage was only accessible by boat, um, because Severn Falls is situated between two rivers. Soon after they arrived, uh, Christina began acting strangely. Um, it was said she seemed dazed out of, uh, throughout the day, and on some occasions would break into fits of crying. Um, well, her intimate friend while her honeymoon was with her, so. That seems fresh. Hashtag relatable. Just okay. kidding. Supposedly, there was something also that she told Ronnie. This is why I feel like she was, like, good friends with him, too, because she's she does a few things to lean on him, like, emotionally, I guess. Um, oh, is he, like, taking the role of gay best friend? I guess. Um, well, I don't want to give away anything too much, just right now. Um, but supposedly she had confessed to Ronnie that Jack never loved her. Mm -hmm. She thought that he never loved her. I don't know. Because when you elope with someone, you have that ring on, it's just (laughs) to know what's real. Um... (laughs) May 20th, so, like, seven days after they got there. Yeah. I did not do that on purpose. Yeah, I mean, Um, the other thing is that this episode is not coming out until, like, June. Not today. Yeah, so. Well, now you guys know. It's May 20th. We're hanging out. Tomorrow's my birthday. We're recording. Um... So May 20th, 1947, so a few years ago, Ronnie was sunbathing or something. He was out of the cottage, but he was, like, close by. As one does. Um, when he came back to the cottage and there was smoke pouring out of it. A fire was eating the whole home. He ran inside and found a disoriented Jack with a huge gash on his forehead and was bleeding profusely. Um, after Ronnie pulled Jack to safety, he had tried going back in the home and looking for Christina, but she was nowhere to be found. Wasn't it on fire? Yes. Okay. Right, yeah. Um, Ronnie then took Jack to the hospital by boat, because that was the only way that it could go. It's um, also super cool. Yeah. Uh, the wind going through his yeah. hair as his skull Can was fractured, like, probably. The speedboat going... <laughs> waves? That's just yelling urgency. Honestly, I Did picture they a have much speed in 1940. I picture him rowing. <laughs> oh, you know what? You said rowing. I thought holes. Yeah. Because wasn't he like rowing away when they shot him? Yeah. Mm. Oh, sad. That's a good movie. Damn, we all a hell of a time focusing on this. Yeah. <laughs> 
So after he got Jack to the hospital, he then contacted the police. First responders, I guess it's people that, like, lived around the cottage or something. I mean, like, saw it and, like, were trying to help put it out. If they respond first, technically, they are first responders. Great. That's just how the English language works. Angusa? The English language. Uh, okay. Let me confer with my English teacher, Lacey. I agree. There you go. That's our expert witness right there. <laughs> All things English. Well. I was going to say usually. Not all the time. Anyway, so the first responders attempted to put out the fire, um, grabbing water right from the river since the house was very conveniently located. Um, and I had read something in one of the like sources that the house burned down in just like about an hour, so like really fast. I think back then houses were very flammable. The only thing like that stood was the chimney. But, I mean, that's yeah, brick, that's great. So. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. no. I'm just saying. Like, I don't know why you're coming at me about this. Like, I know how houses burn down. What you yeah. do in your free time is your time. God. Um. All right. So for science, Ronnie and Jack are at the hospital. House is burned down. Um, Christine is not already found. Um, that same night, that evening, the owner of the boathouse in the area, Neville Sweet, which is such a cute name, Neville, Neville Sweet. Sweet is cute. Yeah. He found Christina's body. In the boathouse? Hold on. Okay. I was pumping for dramatic effect. You're ruining it. Sorry. She was lying face down on the edge of the shore in nine inches of water, still in her PJs. So not the boathouse. No. Um, and it was just, it was said to be about 150 feet away from the burned down cottage. Okay. Autopsy showed no signs of burns or violence to her body. And it revealed traces of codeine in her stomach, but her cause of death was ruled a drowning. Oh. Again, the first responders had been there to try to help put out the fire. Was she close to where the house was? She's 150 feet, feet away. Did you already say that? She yeah. Died. But they were, and they were taking water from the river to where she stood, where she probably was, or like you can clearly see, like shoreline, like where she is. They saw no signs of her body when they were doing that. The investigators also like thought that she had already been dead by the time of the fire, but had died out. So like very soon, like in the early day. Um. So that's all we know about her, like findings and autopsy. We're gonna. Move forward for the investigation. So, sorry, were they thinking that she was dead before the fire was started or before the fire was put out? Before the fire was put out. But then leaves the question of where was her body if, like... Not washed up yet, I guess. What if she caught on fire and ran into the ocean? She had no signs of burns. Yeah, because she was so quick in the water to put it out. (laughs) Very fast. (laughs) So, okay... I'm going to say she was murdered and then somebody burnt the house down to get, just like start over. Maybe. Okay. Um, so Jack, when he got to the hospital, he was treated for burns, shock, a head injury, and a drugging from codeine. What is he doing with codeine? It's the 40s. I'm I'm sure they weren't like popping it like, no, no worries. Okay. Um, so is that, is that just like a. Isn't Cody in like cough syrup and stuff? It's a pill. Okay, oh. so they were just like. I'm gonna go into it. Relax. Okay. 
Um, he claimed he didn't remember anything that occurred after 11 a.m. that day. As far as he said, yes. Um, codeine, for those of you who don't know or have never taken, like, a drug course, which is fine, um, is an opioid, technically. So, it provides pain relief, um, but it also, in turn, depresses the respiratory system, the cardiovascular system, causes poor coordination, confusion, unconsciousness, and can, like, help with, like, sedative effects. We don't use codeine in my hospital, but it's, like, any class of opioid, so it works really well for anesthesia. Um, it is highly addicted and is now regulated. I think it's like a class four drug, which is really high. Um, but I am going to assume in the 40s, I mean, just like when they were prescribing cigarettes, like it was probably like, oh, you have a headache? Take codeine. Yeah. Or what? Like cocaine or something? Yeah. Um, so again, Christina's body had traces of amount in her stomach mm. um, while Jack was being treated for drinking of codeine. So he had but he had taken it himself. Maybe did someone have shoved the pills in something that he ate or drank? Yeah, goodness. Um, when Jack was released from the hospital, he was questioned. He was questioned for approximately three hours. And then um, at the same time, Ronald and about 20 other people which I don't know who else they questioned, but they were questioned by authorities as well. Ronald was questioned uh, for approximately 13 hours. Wow. So big difference. Sounds um, In which he provided a 3,000 word statement that would be described as fantastic or brilliant. I'm not sure if they mean that as like... Like it's a like a bril- brilliant story you just weaved. It wouldn't give me like any other. Yeah, like, that's a weird way to describe context. a witness statement. Yeah, that's a fantastic yeah. statement there, son. That's amazing. Well, you know how like sometimes they'll say colors are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First, when you started saying fantastic, exactly. I thought you were going to say fantastical. Like obviously he made up this crazy yeah. story, but then you said fantastic and brilliant. So I don't yeah. know. That's, it was anyway. it was described. I think as fantastic and like two of the sources that I found, and then Brilliant in another, and I was like, it's kind of hard to figure out what we're talking yeah. about here, so I'm going to use both. Okay. Um, so again, she was ruled a drowning, but we did, they did a coroner's inquest, because we needed to make sure that it wasn't anything suspicious. Um, this took place June 19th, which is, maybe that'll be when the episode actually releases. Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. The coroner's inquest took place in Bricebridge, Ontario. Bricebridge. Bricebridge. The public, public, of course, turned out for this. They were very intrigued. Um, The courtroom was packed, and there was also, like, a lot of people on the grounds, like, listening to the inquest. People had even asked for autographs from Jack and Ronald. Why? It's really weird. People get weird, um, though, about... And if anyone listens or watches Bailey Sarian, she likes to say to, like, people that are, like, obsessed with killers mm-hmm. and, like, want to write them and everything, she says, get better idols. Yeah, that or, sounds like good yeah, advice. Or, yeah, so just... It's very sketchy. As um, the other Bailey would say. I know. Idols. Um, again, this inquest was to determine whether or not foul play had been involved in Christina's death. Um, but not, like, trying anyone for the murder, so. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, is this a picture of him getting an autograph, giving an yeah. autograph? 
Yeah, so that is, that's Jack, and that's Ronald, which Ronald looks creepy. So I think for people to ask for the autograph, gross and weird, yeah. right? For them to say yes and give an autograph, yeah. I think... They're weird. Really weird. Loving the attention. Yeah. Shouldn't you be like, my wife just died. I'm distraught. They think I might have had something to do with it. He's not attached to her. He only dated her for like three years before and only married her for eight days. I think it's crazy. Oh, there's that burnt down house. Yeah, so you can see the chimneys. The foundation is still there. Yeah. hmm. So, C.B. Hope, the special crown counselor, focused on Ronald's shady presence from from the onset. Um, Hope called Ron, or Ronnie, um, the liar of the most blatant kind whose sinister figure permeates the whole of this tragedy, but whose purpose and design are shrouded in mystery. So the counselor, like, assumed that, like, Ronald has to do with this. Yeah. The inquest revealed a number of startling discoveries. I love those. And I have three. Three. It oh, sounds like you shattered, shattered a glass. Stop <laughs> kicking the... But, like, in another room. Chilling discovery. Actually, this is the point in the uh, episode where you can guess that sound. Oh, we're having fun. Okay. So, the, time. the discoveries that they made through this inquest and that were revealed to the public. First, we have some insurance policies going on. Oh. Yeah, which I actually didn't do the conversion for this. Oh, here, I'll pop it up. I... It's Canadian dollars, though. Okay. Canadian and it, dollars like, in 1947. 1947. Okay. So first, Ronald had a 5,000 Canadian um, policy for the cottage, and he made Jack the benefactor of the policy. What, I forgot. What did he use Canadian dollar? Yeah. I forgot that that was Ronald Ryan's cabin in that. 5,000. 5? $54,525.57. Okay. okay. So roughly $55,000 insurance. Okay. That's just on the house. On the that was on the cottage. cottage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Which, so that was Ronald's policy for his cottage where Jack was his benefactor. Um, Jack took out two separate policies on himself and Christina before they were married. Same thing, it was $5,000 policies, so we don't need to do that mm-hmm. again. Um, those policies that Jack had um, contained a double in- indemnity mm-hmm. clause, which would allow the benefactory to collect twice the amount of money if the cause of death was an accident. Um, do you want to guess who is the benefactor for those policies? Was it Ronnie? It was Ronnie. So any yeah, it is weird. I know that sometimes people, left and right. most people will do like a married couple might do each other as their benefactor, and then as like a secondary, like mm-hmm. one of their kids in case they die, like in an accident right. together or something. But it's weird to just have your friend, friend. as the benefactor of your individual yeah. policies. That to me, red flag. Yeah. Um, like for instance, I got, I have through my company, I have life insurance, um, which Pat is my benefactor, but yeah, it's weird. And one, I'm pretty, like I saw in the most sources, cause I think I did like four or five sources, um, that it was Jack who took them out. But in one, it said that Ronald took policies out on them too, or it, that's even more, which alarming. I was like, don't. Can you just take a life insurance policy on a random person? Before I feel like you can't, and I don't think you can on like an adult. Like I know you can take them out on your kids. Yeah, like, like my parents' family, family. You can't like go up and be like, 
this is my buddy. And I'd I'm like, like to take a life insurance policy out on Lacey. I'm not related like, to right. her. Don't get too much into well, this. I think that you could if you were to get the other person involved in it. If you agreed to it. Yeah. And and with their relationship, maybe they would. Because the alternative is that Jack took these policies out on him and himself and willingly gave it to, gave it to Ronald. Yeah. That was weird, too. It, um, Ronald and Jack's relationship is a little weird. I'm going to get to Do you me. think that DC was just his beard? Do you think that they actually... That is on the table for this. Yeah. I... I'm remembering. Anything in particular? Yeah. Something from Forensic Files. <laughs> of course. Um, I think there was, like, an adult man who, like, knew this woman from high school, but then, like, befriended her son. And she was like, why are you talking to him? Like, to her son. And he was like, he's my friend. His son, her, her son was, like, 17. And when he turned 18, he agreed to get a life insurance policy out and named that adult man as yeah. a beneficiary. And then he made it look like he died in, like, a car accident. But, oh, that was, like, a weird twist. They found his glasses crushed, and the, like, it was clear that they wanted it to look like he had smashed his face on the steering wheel. Mm. He's, they found his car in a body of water or something. And it made it clear that they wanted it to look like he had smashed his face on a steering wheel and, like, knocked out. And they, I think that they were, like, his body must have gone out to sea or something. Mm -hmm. But then they found his body had, like, washed ashore at one point. So, that's related to what we were talking about. <laughs> In like some maybe it was like that where Ronald convinced him to take out an insurance policy and was like, "We'll fake your death, just get out of the fire and kill Christina in the time." Yeah, maybe they, maybe they were, um, that was like the whole plan from the start, like make it look like you both died. We'll leave her body as like a way. Like, oh, they they definitely both died because we have at least one body in here. Well, it's a little goofy then for him to go in and take him to the hospital. Well, maybe he maybe he was like, you need to get out. And then when he found that he hadn't gotten out, he got worried and yeah. went in and found that he had hit his head or something. Yeah. I don't even know. I know that there's more that, that you have to tell us. I don't even know if I think that Ronald was like, hey, we'll fake your death. I think he might have just convinced him to leave the money to him. Be like, just make me your beneficiary. I don't yeah, think that well, there was necessarily... Like, I guess if this was a whole beard situation, he'd be like, don't leave it to her. Yeah. I'm the one you really love anyway. Yeah. Or, I mean, if we're going to kill her, who else are you going to leave it to? Okay. Um, the next discovery was that Christina was struggling mentally. Um, it was revealed that she contemplated suicide and had wrote th three separate suicide notes. Oh, wow. All in the same year. Um, the first was written on Easter Sunday before Jack and Christina had gotten engaged and about five weeks before their wedding. The letter addressed was addressed to Ronald... Um, she wrote that she tried to poison herself and talked about the uncertainty of receiving a proposal from Jack, claiming that this will be the best way out as I uh, could not bear to see another girl have him. Um, that was from her letter. Jack recalls, so, first off, this is coming out in the inquest. Jack mm -hmm. had no idea that she was, like... Contemplating suicide and writing on this. Ronnie yeah. Um, so he like recalls that day and just remembered like Christina like being like sick or something. Mm -hmm. Like not thinking that like 
She's she even contemplated anything. Yeah. Um, the second note was written in late April. Um, in this letter, letter, she had planned to make an attempt on her life and also Jack's. So she's writing letters. Is she sending them to Ronald or are they just like... I, I think she's sending them to Ronald. Okay. Um, in that letter, she says, uh, when you love someone, you really love him. And I know that there is no one for me but Jack. And if I cannot have him, I do not intend anyone else to. I waited, as you might say, in the hope that Jack would ask me to marry him. But I now realize I am just a passing fancy. Um, that attitude is so wild to me. What? The whole, if I can't have him, no let one me can. kill myself and him so that nobody can. Some people feel like she had, like, deeper stuff going on and looked like, like to not share. Yeah. yeah. Um, the third note was written the day before she died. Okay. So on her honeymoon. Um, and this time it was addressed to a Mrs. Thomas who owned a home in another city where the couple had stayed a bit. Um, and Christina had asked Ronald to mail that letter for her. Um, she says in this one, Ronnie is in a boat outside somewhere. By the time he gets back, everything will all be over with. He must be afraid something would happen because he is staying an extra day to make sure we go back to Toronto with him. Um, the letters were looked at as handwriting. They were confirmed to be in Christina's hand. Um, again, Jack had no knowledge of these letters, but Ronald knew and somehow had time to save them in the fire. Um, and, like, Jack looked at it as, like, a way that, like, Ron was, like, protecting him from the letters mm -hmm. and, like, what was going on because, again, he had no idea and this was yeah. the first time he was, like, hearing them, too. Um, so that's a nice little added piece yeah. of the mystery right there. Making sure they get saved in the fire almost sounds like you want to cast a little bit of doubt on Cecilia and make people think. Christina. Cecilia is her middle name. Cecilia is her middle right. name. I think I'm going to call her Cecilia earlier, too. That's fine. Yeah. Um, the third thing that came out through this inquest and the investigation is a possible relationship between Jack and Ronnie. Um, there's no hard evidence to support this belief, but it is, it was widely believed. It's just a weird dynamic. Well, so, and here's the other thing. Um, during his, like, intense three-hour questioning with the police, also, no doubt, he probably, like, had head trauma, and I don't know why you thought it was a great idea to question someone right after they got out of the hospital, but whatever. That's when everything was most random. Okay. Um, Jack had admitted to having an affair with Ronald. Um, he later reclaimed the statement, uh, maintaining that the police coerced it out of him. And, like, made him say that, and, like, got, like, just wouldn't stop badgering him to say it. A co-owner of the Severn Falls Marina had said the men's relationship was close, um, and their frequent trips up north was talked about by the locals. Like, oh, what are they? What are they? Are they doing? Like, yeah. you know, hush hush stuff. It was also revealed that Jack had given his war um, gratuity, I think, mm -hmm. which was a payment to Canadian servicemen when discharged to Ronald. And Jack had also removed all of his family from his will for reasons unknown. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if Ronald was... He's young to have a will. Like, I know it's a good idea, but young people still tend to not have... In the fort... Well, if he's at the war... That's true. He there's a hide set up. Like, yeah. That he won't make it back. Yeah. Um... So you have your ducks in a row. So, 
at the inquest, um, the jury who was, like, deciding on if, like, it should, like, be looked at as, like, foul play and, like, a murder, they could not agree on whether foul play was the cause of death. Um, it was clear that, uh, I'm sorry. Um, they said that due to the fact that the post-mortem examination disclosed codeine in the stomach of the deceased, and due to the sus suspicious fact that she was found drowned, this jury is unable to decide on evidence given whether or not foul play means uh, were employed in her death. So this cleared Jack and Ronald from, like, any, like, suspicion because it was ruled an accident at this point. Which, if we remember what codeine does, like... If she so happened to have been high off of it. I had a thing that compared codeine to morphine. Well, it's both an opioid. Yeah. Opioid. I'm saying people might be more familiar with what okay. morphine does. Um, But, like, so if she's, like, high off of it, or it's also, like, it's the same drug class as, like, heroin. Yeah. So it's very similar to, like, that. And, like, how if you overdose, like, your breathing stops and, like, your heart shakes. Um, if she's... I think it's also, like... Very, yeah. If she's very high off of it and so happens to, like, pass out in a puddle of water. Yeah. Could she have drowned by herself? I mean, babies drown in big bathtubs. Yeah. So I think that's what the thought was for the jury. Like, well, we can't dismiss that, that maybe that she was too high. However, it just said traces of codeine in yeah, her system. So who, who knows how much that was. Um... So, oh, sorry, hold on. Let me, um, that finishes the inquest and her investigation. So, but, is so it just for, like decide? yeah, it was ruled an accident. It's still very weird. Um, three years after Christina's death, Jack remarried another woman and started a family. Um, three years? Three years after her death. Yeah. Um, it's a good grieving time because yeah. he knew her for three years. So you get over it, yeah. Um, I told Lou, Lou asked, like, if I died, how long he would expect me to grieve, how long I expect him to grieve for. And I said, um, I think it's, like, half of how long your relationship was. Mm -hmm. And then for each, like, kid, it should tack on, like, another year. So, we've been together for five, eight years. Mm -hmm. So, he needs to grieve for four. Mm -hmm. We have two kids, so, so now six. he's got to do six. Um, I, I think is a reasonable way to. I think that. Sure. I told Pat. <laughs> I told uh, Pat that if I go first, um, I want the drama at my funeral, and I he's instructed to like bring a date. Yeah, and I told him I I agreed yeah. to be like slap. You're Pat gonna start right the up. okay. I'm yeah. like schedule. I'm gonna stand on the side just wailing. She wouldn't want this, even though you did, because nobody's gonna know. <laughs> We're gasping a lot. Wear pearls so you can no clutch them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he also has strict instructions that he's not allowed to remarry because of that hoarders episode. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, so you're allowed to date her. You're not allowed to remarry though. Um. Anyway, she was like, I don't understand why the family doesn't accept me, bitch. You stole his money and you ruined his house. Anyway, our episode is all over the place. Did, are we talking about the best friend who, yeah. like, moved in yeah. right like, away? immediately yeah. to, like, help and then, and then never fucking left? 
And then hoarded the house up. Yeah. yeah. And stole his money and took his credit card. Well, so. spent it all. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... And the kids were like, I can't mop on like this. Yeah. Just do it more. So three years after Christina's death, Jack remarried another woman and started a family. According to his kids, because in one article focused on his adult kids, he never talked of Christina or the murder or the incident. Um, they, like, so much so that they even, like, had no idea that they discovered it randomly in a public oh. library. Oh, it's not okay. Um, and looking at it, they thought that it was clear that, like, Jack probably got manipulated by Ronald. Um, Jack's son described him as an easygoing person who actively avoided any situation where he had to assert himself. He liked going with the flow. Um, um, to a fault, I would say. Yeah. Um, Jack died in 1998. Uh, at that time, yeah. he had been separated but was never divorced from his second wife, and they officially separated in, like, 1969. Ronald moved to New York City in 1956 after gifting his dog to Jack's son um, and was never heard from again. Oh. Uh, Changed his name. Then he got somebody else. So, some common theories with, with, like, this story was, like, first, could Christina, like, attempted, like, a murder-suicide situation? Because I see that. I'd write about it. Yeah. She set fires in the house and, and then went to drown herself. Maybe, like, knocked him out or thought she did. Yeah. Set fire, but then Ronnie came out. I think, I think drowning is one of those... I feel suicides like, that women are more inclined to do because I know that it's prettier. It's not messy. Yeah, I think it's women hate leaving a mess. Way to kill yourself though, because like your body fights. No, yeah, but if you take a bunch of sedatives, oh, that's I forgot. Cooking. Yeah, you're not gonna fight. Yeah, uh, and that she also and she also there's well, I mean, she didn't. Well, we don't know if she did, but Jack was on codeine too. Yeah, and he so had more like, in his system. They had to treat yeah. him for that. I feel like in the forties, she was it's, dead. It's hard to treat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they weren't really going to put a lot of effort into understanding. They couldn't figure it out. Um, I feel like in the forties, it's more Tom. It was more common for the wife to prepare meals for the husband. Yeah. So I could see her trying to make him go out, set fire to the house, mm-hmm. and then he would be unconscious and burned to death yeah. while she's he unconscious. Yeah, he, he was bleeding from the head. Maybe he fought. Maybe she thought I'll. I'll whack him in the head, make him go unconscious faster. He was not passing out quick enough. Maybe he fell. Maybe he I was did gonna say, maybe he just bumped his nipple. Yeah. Um, another one that I, like, thought of is, like, maybe she was just trying to kill herself mm-hmm. and then fought with Jack, and that's how he got injured. And she ran off. Like, yeah. yeah. So, who knows? Um, I don't know. Another one is foul play by both Jack and Ronald. Mm. Um, I get bad vibes from Ronnie. Yeah. First, we have the insurance policies. Next, we have the fact that Christine Christina's wedding ring was never found on her corpse, Bonded. and is never found been found in general. Bonded. Um, it was worth. It's been debated about how much it was actually worth, but it was like somewhere between like a grand, a grand, and like thirteen thousand. Thirteen thousand back then. <laughs> That's yeah. a big range. It's a very even, big range. Even a thousand dollars then. Yeah. You said five thousand was like fifty five. Yeah. So, so eleven thousand dollars. The grand. Yeah, one yeah. grand in nineteen forty seven Canada would be eleven thousand dollars in U S. today. 
So that was never found. That's a hefty sum. It also looks kind of sketchy that Ronald just kind of dipped. Yeah. I mean, years later, but still, like, just without, yeah. Um, and that is the story of the eight-day bride. I don't think it would slip off in the water. I don't think so either. No, but this is, this is Christina and Jack. Shaq is kind of... I wonder if Ronald is a con man. Did I we would... say, did you say how they knew each other, he and Jack? I don't know, but they were described as best friends. So it was a while. Yeah. But, I mean, necessarily, took me forever if he's to an easygoing guy, she's if hard he's an easygoing guy, he might have just been like, yeah, we're best pals now. I she's she's still, she just started warming up to me and we've known each other for a few years. Yeah. Sometimes I still think she's playing me. It just has never you were really the maid of honor me. at her wedding. She's playing a long game. Con. Yeah, she's gonna give. I'm gonna get her for all give her money. My life insurance to her. Um, what if Ron was having an affair with both of them? Not I, a couple we, thing, oh, but like without them maybe, knowing. Yeah. I think it's weird for her to write those. Hey, I tried to kill I, myself letters to her husband's best friend. I think that that would if, explain why he was so shocked. If they weren't like sleeping together, mm-hmm. like she is definitely probably like. Leaning on Ronald for the emotions and the fact that, like, in the one, I mean, the last letter, she's like, he is like adamant about staying with us and like making sure we get to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Like, so maybe he was like watching over her and making sure that she was okay. I and Jack was just blind to it, or maybe Jack just didn't want anything to do with like the emotional distress. Yeah, didn't like conflict with that. But there's very little background on like, yeah. It all just in general because it's the forties. I um, think it was a, a con man, and his whole plan was to get insurance money, like what H. H. Holmes did, and so he was playing a con. Mm-hmm. And then once the con was done, he bounced and changed his name to start a new con, and like, like con what H. 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 Holmes did. The con wasn't super successful, right? So he did end up getting the. Since her death was not ruled a homicide or anything, did he get her money? Like I don't sense? know. I would think. I I think I, I I mean I guess they would have to pay out, especially with like the inquest and everything. And yeah, revealing it was there was no foul, obvious foul play. So I would assume so. If he did, he got five thousand from his yeah. cottage, five from her. So over a hundred thousand dollars today in U.S. money. This is um this is why this uh episode is so short just because the lack of information. I don't feel confident about any theory. I don't either. I I, I could see it going so many different yeah. ways. I also wish that like I mean I know it's the forties, but I wish we had like more information on like her autopsy specifically. Yeah. Because even if there's no like obvious injuries, did she? They could. I mean, they can see if like she struggled. Did she swallow any water? Yeah. Yeah. They could see if it's in her lungs or if it's in her stomach or you know it's. But we we don't know. What do you guys think? You gonna leave some comments? Make the noise again too, so they can try to guess that. I can make a poll and I can ask a question or have like a question posed. I can do both. For the noise? For Spotify. I'm thinking for the poll, do you want to do a poll where we say Ronnie is like con man? Sure. Um, Jack and Ron are we together. Can, we can even make it more broad and be like, do you think Ronnie's responsible? Jack's responsible? Um, Jack and Ronnie. Yeah. Or if it was just an accident. Yeah. A, B, C is A, N, B. Um, 
None and the then, above. And then the question is, what do you think the uh, noise mystery is. noise is? Oh boy! Did we answer? No. Um, there was something else I wanted to say. Nope, it's gone. So that's the story of the eight day bride. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good day. Toodles. Well, that was sinister. And we were sarcastic. And we hope you keep listening. Follow our Instagram at sinister underscore and underscore sarcastic for show updates. And we also post each episode with some photos. We are always looking for new, interesting show ideas. So if you have any folklore, true crime, or mysterious cases for us to cover, please feel free to DM DM us on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. If you're enjoying the show and want to purchase some merch to show your support, you can find a link on our Instagram.